Hello and welcome to Already Saturday. It's already Saturday. Welcome to it. Hi, I'm Nathan. <laughs> and I'm Phoebe. <laughs> Sorry, I put that hi in there. It sounded a bit formal, didn't it? <laughs> hey guys, I'm Nathan. You've thrown me right off and I'm giggling already. We're journalists from Sydney. That is true news. It's all going on this week, Nathan. We've got a lot to get through. We, we're going to have a really short show, but it yeah, might happen. that's the plan anyway, but <laughs> we might bang on. Shall we just get straight into it? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, first in music news, mm-hmm. Australian rapper, singer, songwriter, extraordinaire, the Kid Leroy. Camilla Roy man. Camilla yeah. Roy teenager. He's not a man yet. He's a 17-year-old kid. Yeah. Hence his name, the Kid Leroy. He's just signed to Scooter Braun's management. Huge. Now, Scooter Braun manages Justin Bieber, Ariana Grande, Demi Lovato, basically the biggest pop stars of the last decade, mm. and now he's part of their stable. Now, this kid is from Australia. Scooter Braun also used to manage Kanye West. Yeah, so exactly. it's the big league. He also owns the Taylor Swift catalogue, which yeah. I believe he might have since sold, but... The only reason he doesn't still manage Kanye is because he's Kanye can't be managed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Scooter Braun has taken him on. And I basically want to talk about the fact that no one in Australia seems to give a shit about the fact that this 17-year-old kid is, like, kicking serious goals in America. So I'm just going to run through all the stuff he's done, and then we'll discuss why the hell he's not head of every single news bulletin in the country. His debut EP, he released it when he was 14, just recorded himself. It's called 14 with a Dream. He was a finalist on Triple J Unearthed High, which is exactly what it sounds like. A bunch of high school kids putting up music for the judgment of Triple J. And then by the time he was 16, he had a record that was in the top 10 in America. It's a, his debut mixtape. It's, Wild. Yeah. Wild, it, not messing around. Yeah. People love him. People like, love him. So yeah. this this record, it went to number eight in the American charts when he was 16. This was last July. You barely heard anything about it here. No. Like Triple J reported on it, a few of the music blogs and stuff. Like meanwhile, Delta Goodrum gets a number one album here, which her label basically bought for her. And there's a ticker tape parade and she's on everything. So I also think you should sort of explain how hard it is to chart. Okay. In, in the US. Well, because in the first it's week. Quite, it's quite different to charting here in Australia yeah. with like the backing of a major label. Yeah, small population. Someone once told me that like if you wanted to go number one in Australia, you, you could go buy enough CDs and you could... You could manip- oh, it happens, you could, yeah. <laughs> you could manipulate Trust me. your way to number one in Australia. Like that's sort of how small the market is here. Yeah. Why do you think Delta Goodrum's doing random shows at, like, <laughs> high schools? And, you know, why do you think pop stars do shows in malls? Because but all I've those But I've been CD told you could literally count. go to, like, enough enough JB Hi-Fi's and, like, you could physically buy enough CDs and that it wouldn't even cost you that much money. But in the US, yeah. to, to, like, have a charting album... Yeah, well, let me... Album, yeah, yeah. Um, let me explain. Um, to get to number eight... All the songs on his album in the first week had 49.4 million streams. That's how many streams it had. Got to number eight. That same album. So there's this thing they do in hip-hop where, I suppose in the olden days, let's talk about, say, Guns N' Roses. If they wanted to revitalize Appetite for Destruction, mm-hmm. they released the single Sweet Child of Mine, which they'd purposely held back like a year and a half, two years 
because they knew it would give the album a fresh life because that song would get to radio people by the album. Mm -hmm. Now with streaming, you can't really do that anymore. Singles don't really matter. Like you can make a video clip for it, but again, that doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. So what they do is they add a bunch of songs and release like a deluxe edition. His album's called Fuck Love. Mm -hmm. And then, which, you know, cursing for a child. We'll have a word to his mother later, but anyway. (laughs) And then he released Fuck Love, bracket, Savage which had seven new songs. So people start listening to those seven new songs. Yep. It counts for streams for the chart. I mean, sorry, it counts for streams for the album, gets the album back up the chart. Mm-hmm. So then he did that in November, hit number three in America. Same album. So, so insane. It's amazing. It also hit number one in Australia, I think it was this February. So Aussies are listening to his stuff. Like mm-hmm. music lovers like it. Triple J plays it. Mm-hmm. But... I don't understand why he's young not people, getting attention. Young people understand. Like, they get it. They're yeah, not like... They know he's it's good. It's not like Australians are... Australian Regular Australian people are not rejecting this really good music no. that the rest of the world understands is good. It's just that yeah. the media refuses to acknowledge A that he's good. A 16-year-old Indigenous kid goes to like, top 10 in America. That should be like he's a like, celebration. He's making like hit songs with Miley Cyrus. Yeah. He's made like a hit song with Justin Bieber. Yeah. Like everybody loves him and wants to work Justin with him. Justin Bieber's manager went, this kid is money to me. I am going to sign him up. Yeah. That Miley Cyrus song, he performed it on SNL. The, the Elon, Elon Musk, Musk episode. episode. Yeah. So Miley Cyrus single, that's gone to number eight. So he's got a top 10 single. Like, he's got an album that's been number three. It's it's so insane. And listen to this little thing. So, as I was, like, reading about the Scooter Braun thing, they said, like, well, it was actually Bieber that convinced Kid Leroy to be an artist. And I thought, oh, so he knew Bieber. No, 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 no. He was a seven-year-old living in Broken <laughs> Hill, which is, like, got the lowest real estate prices in australia i think like it's a very kind of yeah remote poor community for yeah. want of a better word he's a seven-year-old kid in broken hill he watched that never say never documentary that bieber put out and it made him like he just loved it and he wanted to be a musician oh my god if you want to feel old think about someone who was a child inspired by bieber who is now charting and then think about what you've done to, with your life his mum's music that he used to listen to was the Fuji's as well. Think I about read that. that. Yeah, it's I read amazing. That. The thing as well that I have realised about the Kid Leroy is that he is getting, he's getting like consistent attention from music, Australian music press. They're writing sure. up yeah. everything that he does. They recognise that he is amazing and talented and like, one in a million. Yeah, and he won an APRA award, which is a songwriting award for breakthrough songwriter because yeah. it's like, of course he should. But he is he going to hits. win an ARIA? Absolutely no way. There's yeah. absolutely no way that the ARIAs will recognize him. I don't know, though. The, uh, like, the only th- reason I would say they might is because they like to cling on to things late and claim them as their own. So right. maybe they will see his success and go, oh, we should Ooh, be. We don't want to miss out on this. this. Yeah. Australian Music Press are writing about him, but he is not at all embraced by mainstream media. No, and where's like, his 60 what, Minutes episode? And one, yeah, and one, like, parallel that I think we can draw to sort of explain how strange this is, yeah. that he's being completely 
100% ignored by the media. This yeah. Scooter Braun news is enormous. Like, like it's... Any it's, of the news channels could have ran with it, you know. Could have reported Got a lot it, of news. It's just, like, totally ignored. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's strange. And, um, yeah, one parallel I think that we could draw is Silverchair. Sure. Who yeah. hit it in America. Yeah. And when they were teenagers. Yeah. And... Daniel Johns used to get papped walking to school. He got papped walking to school. You should look it up. It is insane. Paparazzi photos of Daniel Johns in his school uniform. With his little backpack. (laughs) Which is not right. And they should, the paparazzi should never have done that. But the intense interest in like an Australian musical export was there because it is a miraculous feat yeah, that and, some and that, an, that a, yeah. a teenage Australian is charting in America. It's enormous. Yeah, and he is like aside from that, he's the youngest solo artist to have a number one album in Australia ever. So that yeah. uh, that alone, even if you ignore the story, you think and that alone is abri- a story. And he's Aboriginal. And he's Aboriginal. It's amazing. And he's only the second ever Aboriginal solo artist to have a number one. Like Goromal got to number one, and I think his was posthumous as well. So why are they ignoring him? You well, know about well, the music industry. I don't know. I Well, I don't want to say it, but there's probably a fair bit of racism in it. Mm. There's probably a fair bit of, like, people not being down with what the kids are down with. Mm. And our media is just kind of slow as well. Mm. Like, Gautier, that song that went to number one, Every Breath You Take, I think it's called. <laughs> um, Bar Bar Black Sheep, that's the one. Yeah, that song, like... It took it being number one in America before commercial radio in Australia went, oh, maybe we should play this um, Got Ye guy. They're just slow on the uptake. They don't got want to yay. take ricks. Yeah. yeah, Got Ye. That was Got Ye. <laughs> Off the record, making mirrors. Yeah. And then they, it gets to number one in the US and they go, it is all right, actually. I don't mind it. We should play it. It takes a bit long to get to the chorus. It's no sex on fire. <laughs> Yeah, that was good. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's ridiculous. I think like commercial radio in Australia, especially like we, I wasn't even talking about commercial radio, but let's do that. Like, they're slow on the uptake because it's just it's a huge big commercial enterprise. They can only do afford think, to add eight songs a week. Like, it's yeah. Do, do you think there's still some confusion with commercial radio, commercial television, whatever it might be, about? Australian hip hop, and there's still some kind of like. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people don't know he's Australian, let alone Aboriginal Australian, let alone like a teenager, let alone did it all very kind of. Like... But but without even hearing his music, they go, oh, he's an Australian hip hop artist. I don't like that kind of music. I won't even listen to it. I mean, yeah, there's surely that snobbery from people around well my age, definitely mm. because we kind of came up when. Australian hip hop was like filled with flute players and stuff like, mm. and really I mean, like a lot of people making matter. L- it doesn't matter, and that's not how it is anymore. Obviously, it used to be really ochre and really kind of lowest common denominator. The production was terrible. It was just streets behind American hip hop, but now that's not the case. Like I write a column for the Guardian, and often I get sent Australian hip hop tracks to review, and they're like brilliantly produced. The rapping's amazing. There's like a real diverse range of voices from like there's lots of kind of immigrants from countries all over who have settled here or their parents have settled here or they're just like, you know, born Australian artists that just like hip hop because 
you know, it's been in the culture for 40 years now. Mm. Like, it's just like the artists in the 60s from Britain who were obsessed with the blues artists from the Bayou in America in the 30s. Like, culture travels. And I think there is a very kind of cultural cringe still in Australia where it's like, oh, well, they shouldn't be doing hip-hop. That's American crap. And I recommend you check out The Kid Leroy if you haven't already. He's yeah. got a song called... Pikachu that I've been enjoying this week. That is a good song. Yeah. <laughs> it's about our little friend Pikachu. He pulls up it's in a yellow limo like Pikachu. Yellow Lambo? Is it a Lambo, is it? I thought it was a limo. It doesn't matter. Something. It's a yellow vehicle. He pulls up <laughs> on a yellow bicycle <laughs> with playing cards in the wheel, so it sounds like a motorbike. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Kanye West has been papped with his Russian supermodel girlfriend, Irina Shayk. In France. In on France, his 44th, in Yeah, on his 44th birthday. That's how you get papped. Mm. That's how you get papped if you're Kanye West. So it appears that that relationship is real. Yeah. It's a long-rumoured, well, about a month. It's a long-rumoured relationship, but it appears that that is real. Irina Shayk previously dated Bradley Cooper from 2015 to 2019. So I would say that her taste in men is sort of similar she likes creative yeah. intense and ronaldo she was mm. dated as well who was, yeah he was like the world's greatest soccer player so she likes achievers she likes men who are at the top of their field yeah i i only know two things about her i'm about to tell you so she was in the power clip the kanye yes. west's yep. power clip back yep. in 2010 mm. and she's is, walked yeah. in his runway shows too. oh right yeah um well that makes sense yeah so he's known her for what, 11 years now which is quite interesting And she has a Labrador dog (laughs) that's named after Julius Caesar, who, and it gets gets better. By the way, wouldn't Kanye name his dog after Julius Caesar? That's such a Kanye move. (laughs) And this dog is um, the son of the dog from Marley and Me, the film. It's one of the puppies that Marley had. The dog actor or the real dog? Well, her dog was fathered by... The dog that played Marley in the Marley dog actor. and Me. Yeah, yeah, the dog actor. Cute. Yeah. yeah, amazing. Anyway, that's all you need to know. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So what do you think? Kanye's got a new girlfriend. I mean, she's very beautiful and model-like, and her dad was a coal miner. That's three things I know. Oh, yeah. that's a very Russian story. Yeah, it is very Russian. Coal miner, family, supermodel. Yeah. Now, yeah, she's unbelievably beautiful yeah i was looking at photos of her and amazing you know good for kanye the only thing i thought that was weird about this is that those paparazzi photos came out on thursday right but about 12 hours before they came out kim and chloe were both sharing birthday posts to kanye and like praising kanye which yeah. I just think in the middle of a divorce is so strange. Like, yeah, well, didn't Kim say like something like, I love, like, what did it say? She wrote, happy birthday, love you for life. For life, yeah. And That's then, a weird thing to say when you're in the, so middle, in of the middle of a divorce. It's so yeah. weird. And, and did then, Chloe post or did Tristan post? Because I just saw the photo. Chloe did. Okay, well, Tristan did as well, I think, because oh, he I said like, know you know, my brother forever or something like that. Oh my God, it's yeah. so weird. And then Kim also, like, on the same day, she shared a number of stories. I can't remember if, like, all the stories were about, like, if she shared a a number of stories about Kanye. One of the... Do you mean Instagram stories? Yeah, Instagram stories. 
one of the stories was like her at dinner drinking like a really, really expensive bottle of wine, which I tweeted about. You can look at our Twitter if you want to like, I tweeted all these details details about the wine. (laughs) I won't go into it because I'm really into like wine and expensive wine. And then I actually tweeted all this stuff about like the, the vineyard and like this, cause she was drinking this six, this 19th, 1964 wine and like saying that she loved it and wow. it's like a, a 2800 dollars bottle of wine anyway long story short i basically thought she was out at dinner with kanye for his birthday because i she doesn't really like wine or she doesn't really drink him. no but when she does she does she's one yeah, of those but i was like maybe she's out to dinner with him and they're like being friendly and because i think drinking really expensive wine is more a kanye thing um and but i thought that if all the family were posting birthday things for Kanye, I reckon he would have asked them to do that. I reckon he would have been like, I feel excluded from the family. I want to feel loved. Yeah. Post He's about in me. France with a Russian supermodel. But maybe, maybe she he, was, maybe they were all in France. Maybe, and, yeah. And that because they were drinking this French, really rare French wine. Yeah, well, did you? <laughs> I liked... The photo, it was either when Chloe posted or Tristan posted, but let's put it on our socials. It's got the four of them standing in the ocean. Yeah. So Tristan's there. It's um, yeah. Chloe and Kim. And Chloe and Kim are in like bikinis, Tristan's topless, and Kanye's just standing there in a t-shirt, like, <laughs> like belly deep in the water. It's so weird. It just looks so odd. It looks like they're all photoshopped in or like they're all there and Kanye had his top off and went nuts. Nah photoshop a top on it's yeah it's very odd yeah it's like he's he's like one of those people who's not comfortable with his body and he likes to like swim in a shirt which reminds me of me when i was a teenager <laughs> <laughs> i used to wear like a a like swim shirt and like a sea shirt a sea shirt yeah and like i loved being so in like anxious and insecure when i was a teenager it was not oh, i think most teenagers can relate to that except for the kid Leroy, no anxiety <laughs> or for him top in the charts we really did want to talk about fashion week but we well one of us wanted to talk about fashion week <laughs> you've got to talk about australian the other fashion one agreed. week <laughs> you've got to talk about australian fashion week because have you ever been to australian fashion week nathan no i haven't i've avoided it um <laughs> you've been a few times haven't you i've been a few times and always as a hanger-on. I can only explain it as going as a hanger-on. Well, everyone that's there is a hanger-on. That's what I said. Yeah, Yeah, when I was explaining this to you, everyone who is there is a hanger-on. And it creates this... It creates this vibe of everyone there being really horrible and mean because they don't want to be found out that they're a hanger-on. They want to act like they're meant to be there. You're all fake. Nobody's meant to be there. It's not meant to happen. Carriage work (laughs) should be empty. It's for carriages. And so everybody has this officious, get-away-from-me, insecure vibe. Don't you know who I think I am? And then they need someone to stand next to when they as they drink yes. and everyone there is very drunk. We wanted to talk about fashion week because th- there's a whole lot of just things that happen like that, where it's like, it's supposed to be like this super exclusive premium, amazing event. And it's just not that no. it's, it's so it's strange. A, it's and a bizarre. trash bag floating in the wind. So on the final night of fashion week, Camilla and Pip Edwards had a joint fashion show together Um, And they're two of Australia's biggest designers. And their fashion show included models in wheelchairs. 
which I suppose is like a, it's 2021 and you have to be inclusive. It's very inclusive, yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. Um, I'm in favour of this. But Sounds the, like nothing went wrong. <laughs> well, there's videos of the runway. The videos were taken by the Example AU and um, it's honestly a disaster. So the runway was covered in like piles of streamers and glitter and flowers. Yeah, but thick. it looks like, like, you know. piles of it. Yeah, yeah, and you'd struggle to like drive a tractor through it without getting bogged. It's like reams and reams. It looks like a ticker tape parade has happened. Yeah. yeah, it's sort of like mounds. It looks like clouds, I guess. I suppose that's what, what it's supposed to look like. It's yeah. all like cloudy and fluffy, yeah. which is fine. You it could looks... dive into it and not hurt yourself. That's how like, kind of thick it is. Yeah, yeah. and it looks great. Yeah. But um, as the different models who are in wheelchairs try to get down the runway... <laughs> <laughs> there, was, there was a bit of wheel lockment. Yeah, their wheels sort of get locked up and they get caught and they slip. One of them, like, sort of does a 360 as their wheels get sort of stuck. And then one of them, who I believe is a Paralympian, nearly falls over. It's like... Yeah, it's, it's hard to watch, isn't it? It's and so just, horrifying. It's cringeworthy to watch a video of it, even if you're... T- like, I was told what happened in it and then I watched it and I was like going, oh, my God, oh, my God make this stop so i could imagine being there like mm. you know it's also like, the exact opposite of what they wanted to do like they wanted to be inclusive and yeah. then they just end up looking like we don't care about the safety of disabled yeah. people we're happy to let them like and they're like trying to push, push them through like push the wheelchair through as if they're like trying to barge their way through it it's yeah it's very it's very hard to watch. It's, it's like the biggest scene, misfire ever. It's like that scene in Sex in the City where Carrie falls over on the runway <laughs> and then the models just start, like, walking over her. And yeah. <laughs> she's, like, runway roadkill. It's also like um, the scene in Austin Powers where he's trying to do the um, the 180 turn in that really narrow corridor and just keeps going... <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's the worst. And they clearly, like... How could they think it would be fine? It's it's like it's given the opposite message. It's showing that like these people who are using wheelchairs can't be runway models. Because look, watch this. Watch how they can't do it. Well, it's, the, the, it just shows them like yeah, not and, being included. It's yeah. terrible. And the criticism is like, I feel like they're responding to criticism, which is like, fashion is not inclusive. Yeah. Well, I think that's by going, what's happened, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, by going look, we're inc- we're being inclusive, and it's like no, you're not being inclusive. Yeah, you're still excluding people. Yeah, it's tokenism, and you've really fucked it up as well. Yeah, you've endangered these people. You could have injured them. Yeah, you've made them, like, you've made yourself and possibly them feel embarrassed. Oh, you've definitely embarrassed them. You've embarrassed people in wheelchairs. You've angered people in wheelchairs. You've angered anyone that's around that community. Like it's the designer it's Camilla was like because um that independent podcaster um so dramatic she like posted about this and the designer Camilla was like trying to defend it she was going like fact check I didn't I didn't design this runway but it's like no but it's your runway <laughs> like, yeah you, you might have hired an external designer yeah, you didn't like, nail in the nails but like you you knew what was happening you didn't turn up and go 
oh, and even if you did turn up and go, oh, that's when you go, well, we need to change something. Because it's also like this... it's your fashion show. Yeah. So I don't really know yep. what that's about. Bring carriages back to carriage work, so I say. <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah, don't buy those $800 caftans, by the way. They're very... No. Gauche. Just, and yeah, just don't wear a caftan. Yeah. You can still look like a bogan, even if you've paid 800 bucks or something. It's very true. All right, so let's move on to royal news. So there's a little royal baby. Lily Bet. Lily Bet. Diana Mountbatten Windsor. That's mm. her name. Lily Bet. L-I-L-I... B-E-T, who's named after, of course, the popular betting app for sport. <laughs> it does sound like a betting yeah. app. Diana, obviously named after the Michael Jackson song, Dirty Diana. So <laughs> that's uh, Mountbatten is a uh, flavor of yogurt. That's a... Um... Windsor after the knot. Okay. Yeah, okay. I tried anyway. to get a joke in there, but yeah. you, <laughs> so... you wouldn't allow me to make a joke. So, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, baby was born on June 4, straight away. People were just cheating on them for the name. They were saying the name's ridiculous and they were saying it's silly, it's not royal. And then it came out that, oh, it's actually the nickname of Queen Elizabeth. Can we just talk about the insanity of insulting someone's baby name? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's beyond the pale. I know. like That you can do that behind someone's back. Yeah. But you can And it happened can. with Gwyneth and Chris Martin's apple. <laughs> But I think they're fair game, and they also have a fair. They knew they knew when they were calling their baby Apple what they were getting into. But like, I don't think you should insult Apple's name either. Yeah, I think Apple's it's a all name. grown up now, and but she's like got happen. a TikTok. So anyway, a Buckingham insider actually told the BBC. So the baby's named after Queen Elizabeth's nickname, like so it's her family pet name. It's, yeah, because yeah. she couldn't when she was a little girl, she couldn't say Elizabeth. Yeah, which is how. I'm, yeah, well, my mum's name, like her mate, name's Camille, and her nickname's Mim for the same reason. <laughs> and um, yeah, Rain Man from the movie Rain Man. His name's Raymond, but you know, when his brother was a little kid, he used to call him Rain Man. Mm. So you know, long, long tradition of this happening. So King George the Sixth, which was her father, used to call her that. Like they used to call her Lily, but because I think either she or Margaret couldn't say her name properly, and he once said famously, "Lily, is my pride, and Margaret is my joy," which I thought was a very kind of quippy thing to say. And it's also the pet name that Prince Philip used to use. Oh my Lily <laughs> Yeah, we got him back in. <laughs> um, yeah, so they're two and out as well. Like, they said it on the Oprah thing. They said this is their final baby, no more babies. Yeah, so anyway, someone from Buckingham Palace told the BBC that Harry did not consult the Queen before he went and used her private family name and that she was outraged and all this bullshit. So a palace source sort of immediately after... They announced. They announced Lilibet's name and that Lilibet was born because the Duke and Duchess of Sussex they kept it secret for a week after she was born that's fine that's totally their choice but that a day or days after it was announced that a palace source is immediately backgrounding or well actually giving a sort of sourcing yeah yeah a sort of negative story to the BBC yeah, Buckingham Palace Immediately. Insider. Yeah, and as soon as they released it, he said Harry did not consult with the Queen. I mean, it seems like 
any sort of like controlling the narrative that they tried to pull off with their Oprah thing. It just has not worked. I don't know. I don't know if it's ramped up the pressure or, and also it's like the, the attacks on their baby. Yeah. Well, they swatted it down because they sent a statement to People magazine, mm-hmm. so you know it's going to go far and wide. And it said, the Duke spoke with his family in advance of the announcement. In fact, his grandmother was the first family member he called, mm. which I do believe because they always talk about how they love old nanas. During that conversation, he shared their hope of naming their daughter Lilibet in her honour. Had she not been supportive, they would not have used the name, which, of course, so that's game over. Mm. But why, why is a palace insider going straight to the BBC? Why are the BBC reporting it without fact-checking? It's, it's insane. Mm. Yeah, and it's the first baby to a, like, senior royal to be born outside of England. I mean, a palace insider might be of the belief that the Queen yeah. wasn't consulted, but, like, why like would the... Bullshit, doesn't but it? why would the Queen tell whoever that palace insider is? Why would the Queen tell everybody, oh, they called me and asked me? Like, why would that palace insider definitely know that the baby which i guess is what you're saying about like yeah it's not fact checked the baby's but, already done a zoom call as well with the queen so that's that's good yeah i understand like i understand why you would report that if you were told it but they're the bbc like i can understand why news of the world would report it yeah or the daily mail would yeah. report it yeah after an the old media queen. have at large have a lot of contempt for Meghan and Harry and they really don't care yeah. about... The Americans love them, though. The American media love them. So, like, I think they were right to just get out of England and just move on with their life. Mm. They're hanging out with Oprah and Barack Obama. Mm. They're doing all right. Mm. So this show is dedicated to Lilibet Diana Mountbatten-Windsor. Born on June 4th. Also born on June 4th. Russell, Russell Brand. Diana Mountbatten Brand. Angelina Jolie. Angelina Diana Mountbatten Jolie. And Phoebe May Looms. So thanks for joining us on this special birthday edition. The bumper birthday edition of Already Saturday. Thanks for listening to Already Saturday. Remember to follow us on Instagram at Already Saturday. Subscribe to the show and give us a five-star rating if you dare. I know you can do it. I've seen you give five-star ratings to stuff. Tune in next week when it will be already Saturday again. You can guarantee it. Bye. Bye.